This week on the Young and Dumb Podcast, we have Toby. He currently resides in Canada, but once lived in Africa, Asia, and the Middle East. He runs his own podcast while attending the University of Calgary in Canada. As a global citizen, Toby's all about spreading knowledge and positivity. His experiences abroad have shaped his outlook and allowed him to grow into the social butterfly he is today. We may be young and dumb, but this week, we're nomads. Nomadic. Not only by traveling, but by being able to live on three different continents. Observant. Wherever he is in the world, he's always paying attention to his surroundings and learning about their culture. Meritorious. He spreads the words of motivation through his social media page and continues to share other journeys on his podcast. Affected by his travels. He has been able to see many different cultures, which has allowed him to see the world in a different way. Dabbled in psychology in college. He's on the path of graduating with that degree, and we're looking forward to seeing everything that he's able to bring into the world. This week, we live like a nomad with Toby. Welcome to another incredible episode of Young and Dumb. With your hosts, Justin and Gary. We have a very special guest with us today, all the way from the great north, Toby from Canada. Say what's up to the people, Toby. Hello, hello, everyone. Live from Canada. <laughs> Super glad to have you on board with us today. I know we did a, a little interview with you before on your um, your platform, so welcome to ours. Um, let's hop right into it and um, just let us know a little bit about who you are and uh, what you're doing right now. All right, so background story, where to start? Well, okay, so, well, like you said, I'm living in Canada. How I got here is a fun story. I was born and raised in Nigeria, spent about just uh, around 11 to 12 years there. And then my dad is in the uh, oil industry, so, you know, oil moves where the oil is. So we (laughs) moved to the Middle East for a bit. That was my first time stepping out internationally. That was also my first time being exposed to things like the internet and meeting all the other international people and so many crazy things. And I was about 12 years old. And that was also my first time actually like seeing the world, you can say. So I spent about a year in Kuwait, uh, then moved to India uh, once more, job opportunities, moved to India, spent two years there. Absolutely amazing. You know how the ads say incredible India? It's right. Mm-hmm. It's all true. It's all true. <laughs> <laughs> so spent two years in India and then the recession, the 2008 recession hit. And so we moved back to Kuwait, uh, once more job opportunities there, uh, moved back to Kuwait. And that's where I did most of my high school. I finished up high school in Kuwait, and then I spent, and then I took a year and did boarding school in Nigeria. Um, and this, all this time, I was basically a shy kid. Like I had a couple of friends, I was a huge gamer, still a huge gamer, that hasn't changed. either. <laughs> <laughs> But I was really secluded. I always stayed, you know, uh, close to myself, always had very few friends. And so when I went to boarding school, it was a wake-up call for me. It was, I realized that this school, because it's not, you don't get to go home to your parents. You are with your friends 24-7. You have to be able to communicate and socialize. If not, you will get eaten up by the social chain, by the social ladder. Mm -hmm. So I made the decision to be social, to be active, to actually be part of the overall community. It worked well in my class. We were less than like 30 people. So it wasn't that scary. You know, the class below us was like over 60 people. So that's how, that, that was crazy. Um, 
So I spent, I did a year in boarding school. Then I had about a few months off. And then finally, the big move to Canada. Uh, that was about five and a half, six years ago. Uh, did college, uh, now university student at the University of Calgary. My first, but the very first day on campus, I made the decision to keep doing what I was doing, and but to be better. So the decision I made in boarding school, transferred to college, except this time, who I was, so I could define my own story. I could write my own pages and without worrying about the past and the history and all that. And it's a beautiful feeling. And so for the last couple of years, I've just uh, slowly blossomed into leadership roles. I'm so grateful for all the people who ran, you know, who helped me out, who uh, who heard my story or who, who just wanted to, who were simply just awesome, nice people. So I've tried to just carry on their legacy and so their story as I progress. But uh, that's me in a nutshell, you know, traveled the world for a bit, got an international viewpoint, very excited about all the all the possibilities in the world and especially for all the young people out there. So this is me just trying to make sure that that message of, yes, you can be shy and, it'll, and shyness is a thing, but shyness is a decision that you can overcome and fight mm -hmm. every day. Awesome. So um, obviously you, you've gone to and lived in a, a ton of different countries growing up. <laughs> yeah. So let's just kind of, let's do a step-by-step -step of what got you to Canada. So first off, Nigeria, how is it like growing up there? For your first 11 12 years nigeria is an interesting place i would say you know um it is the most populous country in africa easily mm -hmm. that's that's a fact that's almost it's about uh the number is between 175 to 200 million nigerians or something like that uh wow. so it is a lot uh and uh this is something that interesting enough i faced when i came uh came to canada people often said English is so good. I'm like, well, yes, because Nigeria's main English, main language is English. We speak oh, English. Okay. And uh, growing up, I was, I was a very shy kid. So my parents made sure that I learned English first before I, you know, learned my home language, which worked out because I can speak English very fluently. I can, you know, understand even the different accents and everything. Uh, my home language, I understand most of it. Speaking is a difficult part because I didn't practice a lot when I was a kid. I still, I still know a couple of good words, of course, and I can follow a conversation, but speaking it, I'm like, oh, I have to practice. But uh, so that was Nigeria. Um, and my time, like I said, I didn't, I wasn't exposed to the internet. So I had what's um, the growing up with lots of things like Cartoon Network. So Samurai Jack, you bet. I was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Tom and Jerry, some of the things I grew up with. So those children cartoons if you will and it was it was amazing having that childhood where um while yes i wasn't the most social kid but i was also you know loving home loving parents and uh at oldest so i had two two uh junior two junior brothers behind me uh and now they're now all grown up and all in college university <laughs> but uh, those 11 12 years i think it really helped my mind frame because it allowed me the time to actually be creative because it allowed me time to be alone with my thoughts. That's something that I find most people aren't comfortable with now, especially because mm -hmm. anything happens, you're bored, you can go on your phone. You're, anything that you can go on Instagram, Facebook, you're instantly stimulated. But when, you, when you're there at home, where the power is out most of the time, uh, you know, the TV comes on maybe at night and the, the adults get first dibs and then kids, if we're lucky, we get some snippets. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, there's no internet, you know, we, we, we did have a computer at home. My parent, my dad was very adamant that we did 
have computer literacy. So Word, Microsoft Type, and all those stuff, you know, uh, really making sure we, we had that basis. But without internet and all that, I was more free to explore things and discover things. You know, uh, think about the kid who gets a toy car, instead of reading the instructions, just goes and starts playing with a toy car. I was that type of kid. So because of that, I was very curious, very technologically inclined. Uh, it made and it helped make my uh, step into the international world a bit easier with the internet. So because I was really curious about tech and I had some basis, when I saw the internet, I was like, oh my gosh, what is this thing? I was like, this is cool. And I actually started, funny story, I started off with dial-up. I started using dial-up oh, internet. That was my first thing. Oh, I remember that. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. I only used it for a year, and then we moved, moved to India. But it was still, so that experience with dial-up, I'm like, I can understand, right? You know, that's mm -hmm. yeah. fresh. I'm amazed that this is impossible because you can't do this on dial-up internet. Are you kidding? Who's going to pay for that? You can't stay off the phone for that long. Yeah, yeah exactly. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So that's that was so that was Nigeria. It really helped give me the foundations and the people there are awesome. Like the environment itself is something else. You know, there's so many terrible stories and lots of things going on, but the people, the people are awesome because that and you know that when Nigerians can leave Nigeria and succeed in every other environment and anywhere else. You know, so it's amazing, and I still have I still keep up with some. I keep up with family mostly in Nigeria. I. Uh, uh, from boarding school, I I have friends from boarding school, and I keep up with them. You know, chatted. Black Panther came out, and I was chatting with some friends. So <laughs> just stuff like that, you know, stuff like that. Okay, so um, I want to continue with your international travels, and I want to get to um, the Middle East and India. Um, me personally, I've done a fair amount of traveling in my lifetime. Um, even doing a, a six month stint um, abroad last year in Madrid. Um, wow. And yeah, so and and it's it's had such a, a large impact in my life. I mean, I know I'm old enough to um, actually like appreciate being in a different culture and different environment and things like that. And I know you were moving around. So the, the change in scenery and everything um, definitely I knew had an effect on you. Um, would you mind sharing with us what you learned from being in those different countries, whether culturally um, experiences and if it's stuck with you uh, to this day? Well, absolutely. It stuck with me. It's part of my identity. I see myself as a global citizen. Um, part of that is because that the Middle East and India, oftentimes Western media portrays this very terrible image. And, you know, it's, there's always war in the Middle East. There's always this. Mm -hmm. there's always this. And uh, I lived in Kuwait. It was some of the most peaceful times I've had. India was beautiful. India is beautiful and remains that, and it's a growing giant. So having experienced the Middle East, and was, I didn't just, you know, stay there. Like I said, I lived there. I, was, I schooled there. I interacted with the people. Uh, you know, doing stuff like going to the markets, uh, you know, all this daily stuff, you realize that as much as people change throughout the world, different parts of the world, we're all basically the same. We all trying, we all have a story. We're all trying to be part of something. We're all trying to leave a mark. We're all trying to be human. And it's, you know, it's uh, sometimes we forget that when we're like, oh, it's across an ocean. It's across a landmass. It's all good. They're far away. Like, well, no, what happens there, butterfly effect happens somewhere else. So having lived in those areas, you know, uh, lucky for me, should I say, this was 
like I moved to, like, you know, I moved to Kuwait. This is after 9-11. I moved to Malaysia after 9-11. Initially, people were complaining all that. But I'll tell you a funny story. Um, so in Nigeria, we had lots of security. The security situation in our area wasn't all the best, you know. Um, mm -hmm. But when we moved to Kuwait, there was a very, within the first couple of uh, weeks, months on Kuwait, there was this time when um, a, uh, there was a celebration going on outside. But we were sleeping. It was like past 10 or whatever, like late at night. And we were sleeping. And then my, and my mom comes into the room and wakes us up and says, Oh my, we, I hear like loud noises outside, you know, it might be gunshots, comlets. And finally, my dad wakes up and says, like, oh, what? He goes onto the TV, he puts on CNN and says, if anything happens, it'll be on CNN. And <laughs> that kind of moment, it was like, it was like, that is so true. This is now a different world. That these things get that coverage and these things get that attention. So that was just one of those like, oh my gosh, this we're in a different, we're in a different world. Uh, and while I was there, I did have the opportunity to also travel to different countries. Like my first time in Kuwait, I had the opportunity uh, through a school trip to travel to China. And that was like, uh, that was something else. This was like pre-2008. This was before the Olympics and everything. So it was it was crazy seeing all that culture. And then when I was in India, I had the chance to travel through lots of South Asia. So lots of uh, so Thailand, Malaysia, Singapore, uh, spent some time in the U.S. for, for summer. So did have that chance to really travel around and, you know, even got the chance to travel to Europe. So all of this, being in that environment, you know, when I, uh, one thing has definitely helped me do is when I'm in a situation when people are, let's say, uh, uh, Diwali happens with Indians, I can better explain it and say, okay, it's not just like blah, 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 blah. No, it's like there's a specific reason why this happened. That these people are suffering this reason. And I'm able to better explain that because I have a personal story. You know, when people talk about Ramadan for the for Muslims, I'm like, well, it's a very trying month for them. They, they spend most of the day fasting, and there's reason for that, you know. And despite the rumors of, oh, they will hate you if you eat food, I'm like, no, they won't. It's just that, you know, put it like it, it, it's it's tempting them when you when you know they can't do anything about it. So yeah. there's just stories like those and being, being able to help educate and better people over here who are like who have misconceptions because the problem with misconceptions and, and assumptions is if you have assumptions but you don't ask questions to correct those they stick that's one problem yeah. so one thing i'm Thank really you. privileged and grateful for is that i have the stories and i can say actually that's not the entire thing there's a different side to this angle and it's just uh, yeah absolutely. open mind to ask a question absolutely Absolutely. So yeah, like I said, it sticks with me and I still have friends over there and I still chat with them. Awesome. So like you just said that you just traveling everywhere, like That's you've so gone crazy. to Asia, you've gone yeah. um, to Africa, the Middle East, you name uh, yeah. it. Um, I have not been to Australia yet. I've not been to Australia. Australia yet. Neither have uh, I. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get there one day. Or one South day. America. I've been there either, but those two places I'm still looking forward to. <laughs> Awesome. So out of all those countries that you've been to, what has been the number one thing that you've learned besides that having like your open mind and having those experience to be able to speak on some of the stereotypes that people may have, especially from the West? So the number one thing I can say is that I think I, people like human factor affects change, but change will happen in its own. Um, in when in the when obama was elected people were celebrating in india the american president was elected people were celebrating in india 
So wow. stuff like that, like the world is so interconnected, change happens and it doesn't, it's not, you don't have to be directly there, indirectly, mm -hmm. through, through media, through rumors and gossip and story, change happens and people's mindsets are affected, you know. Um, uh, and, but at the same time, growth is a beautiful thing because with change, you can grow. And the thing I've loved about it is wherever I, whichever culture I ended up in, whichever place I ended up in, which, whichever people I got to interact with, they had the, the mindset of change and progress and growth. And they had different ways of viewing that. They had different policies and politics and all that. But they always, almost always agreed that it was necessary. You know, it, it, it was a survival thing. They had to do it to survive. So uh, a good example of this is uh, Kuwait, for example. Kuwait is heavily dependent on oil. But mm -hmm. now the government is trying to invest in other options because they realize oil is going to run out, right? So we need to find other ways to do it. India, similar problems. India, India is one of those, it, it's a billion people, over a billion people. It's a huge mm -hmm. population, you know. So their their change, they went, they, they went through an era of colonization. Then they shut themselves out from the world for a couple of years and slowly getting back into it. So now their mindset is more of, you know, accepting change and, being able to progress fast. Uh, like I said, my internet, the internet, uh, best, some of the best internet stuff I had was in, in India uh, because they were very on to change. In fact, my school in India was very advanced. Uh, it was called American School of Bombay, still around, it's awesome. Uh, and they, they encouraged, so basically from grade six, grade seven, every child, every student had a laptop and they really? took care of the laptop. And okay. every and in fact, the school even now still holds sessions. They call it ASB Unplugged, and it's a chance for them to show how they use technology in class, or classroom activities, and all that stuff. So that experience really helped cement my my confidence in using technology. And many students who graduated, they don't have a problem using computers. They don't have a problem being innovative with what they have. So I think it's just, like I said, those are two examples of just two different places where change has happened, but people are very accepting of the change. And even here in Canada, Canada is awesome. Um, you might say, oh, it's a developed country. Why? It doesn't need to change. Like, well, no, no. They experienced that change as well. Here in Alberta, uh, the not too long, like, yeah, yeah, actually, yeah, not too long ago, the the uh, new premier came in for the province, and she, uh, her government, instituted a, a, a sort of a green tax, which was to help people go towards renewable energy. Alberta's oil-heavy province, and yet this change is happening. And people's mindsets are shifting to more be, to be say, okay, we accept oil is going to be our main line for a while, but it's not, it shouldn't be too early to start to have other alternative sources of energy or better ways to protect the environment. So the change is happening, and that's something that every country, everywhere I see. And anyone who tries to stand against the change often just falls flat. That, that's true. Yeah, no, that is true. Okay, so we've gotten you through all of your journey now, and you end up in Canada. Um, tell me what it's like to blossom into this social butterfly um, in a completely different country. Well, like you said, completely different country, completely different culture, different people, different everything. But the beauty of that, like I said, in the beginning was just the fact that no one knew my story. So mm -hmm. that's a very good burden not to have. You know, if you if you go into a situation without all the backload, all the heavy, you know, you're like you you're expected to behave in a certain way. Mm -hmm. You're more free to explore different options. You're more free to make mistakes. 
They're also more free to learn. So for mm -hmm. me, that for my first year in college was absolutely amazing. Like I, it's one, one something I wish that people would have more often. And lots of first year students, you know, like my my uh, I was just put. I went straight from I you know high school had a little break in between and then college into Canada. My siblings were lucky; they were they, they did high school here, so the jump isn't too scary for them in the education system. Gosh. So me, I was like two feet in, right? The reason and the reason I got to blossom was apart from all the awesome people who I uh, I had the chance to meet with, you know, and uh, programs and youth leadership and all that stuff. It was the fact that I made the decision that I realized. It's so introversion is okay. So I tell people and I often speak make this difference. There's introversion, there's extroversion, those are biologically encoded to everyone. That doesn't change. Uh doesn't mean I neither doesn't mean either are more, you know, one hates social, one doesn't. It just means that the way they recharge your energy is different. But being shy, that's a choice. And you might at, like at some point when you were a kid or when you you made the decision to be shy and then stuck and became a habit. So the way I blossomed out of mine, I use three simple tricks, uh, with tricks, techniques, if you will. So first off, it was I had to cultivate the 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 mindset of confidence. I had to believe that I was able to step out of my shell. I was able to be confident. I was able to actually interact with people and socialize with people and talk with people, and not just that, but interact and talk and do public speaking. Public speaking is a terrible thing. You know, I've been doing I've doing it for a couple of years. It's a terrible thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's like it's one of the scary some people are more afraid of public speaking than death it's it's terrible it is but, i've seen that yeah and you know you're doing group speaks and all that but i got into the point now i'm like it's not so bad i'm not not i'm still terrified of it but i remind myself i've done this before you know uh you know just, I'm, just, I'm not the best at it but i've done this before this isn't that scary and i do it and i get and i find a stride right so that's confidence and it's built over time with all the successes. And when you fail, you say, I have learned a lesson. That's important. You have to say you've learned a lesson. When you succeed, you put it in, it's good, you succeeded, great. What's the next challenge? Next, positivity. I have to tell myself that, it, that you know, I, that behind all this messy stuff that, you know, if I, if I falter, if I fail, I, there's a lesson to learn, there's a reward, there's a benefit, there's something driving me. And having that mindset, and then that, so that's a matter of resiliency. You, you're, you're resilient against that failure, and that's something I had to tell myself and convince myself of. And then finally, it's just being focused. I realized there are lots of things I'm not good at. There are thousand one, like you know, basketball. I, I play basketball. I can't play basketball. <laughs> it's one of those things where like you can play the sport. You know, you have a certain whatever. But if if you play too long, you're like, okay, this. Obama could beat me. I'm, I'm this bad, you know. I'm not saying that he, Obama's awesome. Obama can play basketball, but, <laughs> you know, so having just understanding that self-awareness, you know, and Gary Vee mentioned this a lot. Gary Vaynerchuk, he says, being self-aware. And that's the thing, people have to figure out what their strengths are. You know, if you're a gamer, be a gamer. Don't don't change that. If you're, if you love talking to people, do that. If you love committee work, you know, uh, paperwork, policy, be that. So work with your strengths. So my strength was, you know, being a curious, being able to organize people. People often look at me as they, uh, you know, sometimes it even scared me that people would look at me and say, hey, we have an event, Toby, we need you to plan it. We need you to organize. And I'm like, I'm terrified of this. And for a while I was, but now I'm accepting. So when things happen, I'm like, okay, um, someone having a birthday party. Okay, we need people. How, how 
going to get to people they didn't get back uh where where are we going how like so all those questions i pop it out and i'm the mm-hmm. one kind of organized within my friends group within uh and generally for events in fact on campus i organize i used i um organize a whole bunch of different events some some of them huge some of them tiny uh you know i have found a society uh on my campus african Caribbean society so i was able to that, that experience of being able to organize a huge event and plan that, all of those come into play. So those three things, I remind myself of it every day. But most important, I'm, I make the decision to not be shy. And it's an, it's an ever-going battle. Because sometimes, so there's some weeks on my day, entire weeks will go by and I'll slip into the mentality. It could be, oh, I have to study for midterms. Or I have a project to. So I won't interact as much with people. But when I, but after all that, I'm like, oh, wait, why am I making a decision to just cut people off? I have to, even if I don't talk to the entire crowd, I need to reach out to a friend or two, need to make sure, you know, to keep that social connection up. Because it's so easy to just say, oh, I'm tired, I want to sleep. I don't want to talk to people. So it's <laughs> making sure that that decision is at the forefront of your mind, saying, you know what, what have I learned today? And uh, how can I, but most how can I be kind to people? Because all of these things I'm mentioning, the kindness aspect comes with empathy. If you're kind to people, you realize, okay, if you know, if I'm on a if I'm on a coffee lineup right now, if I'm trying to get my Timmy's, you know, in Canada we call it that. It's Tim Horton, so Timmy's. Tim Hortons, yeah. <laughs> uh, and I had a terrible day. Do I really want someone to just be all go lucky and say, "Hey, how's it going?" No. But if someone's nice to me and say, "You know what?" after you you can go ahead of me i would appreciate that so little mindset little little tidbits like those i remember those those things help me help ground me you know in my decisions of how to be social and how to interact with people because mm-hmm. lots, of, lots of nowadays we have um ego and arrogance you know when uh, you go if you go online you're like oh, how do you come from it like, oh you have to be an asshole it's like oh it's like actually no people don't like people don't like, <laughs> like it might get yeah. you through doors but people just don't like asshole it's, it's that that short term, right? yeah they will pick you out say, okay great you're good get out and you're like yeah. but i did it's like nope you so it's understanding that kindness that that being and being grateful and realizing no it's not all you you're not all, you're not the hardest person in, in the universe it's not all you but what, what do what you can so it's just understanding those that self-awareness like i said and all those other you know positivity and confidence mm-hmm. so those three things helped me blossom into this confidence self and open a lot of doors it opened you know like like you you know we in the pre-interview we you know just lots of the leadership things that went through you know have the opportunity to do different leadership stuff uh, mm-hmm. student governance uh student communities uh, founding you know helping out with uh, societies and all that stuff and then Outside of that, you know, interacting with volunteer uh, organizations and so on and so forth. So I'm really, really grateful for the opportunities I've had and just so lucky. And I want that for people because people are, some people are so afraid of it. You know, I'm going to make a mistake. I'm going to fall. Like, well, you won't. So how's that, how has it kind of like changed your life, kind of making that switch in your mindset? The switch in the mindset, the switch in the mindset especially came about when um as i'm looking for job opportunities right now actually one of the things is when i started doing volunteer stuff and doing leadership stuff in my second by actually by the end of my first year of college i got a study job and the study job was part-time and i worked on campus volunteer um, i did well apart from volunteering i also worked uh, as a resident assistant so i worked in res and i helped 
organize events. Like I said, that that experience coming of organizing and planning events and making sure you know tenants and residents are, are able to socialize in the community. So I was able to do that for a couple of years. And now, I, although this year I've taken this year off from like formal work, lots of jobs, lots of opportunities are still open. You know, I, I'm really looking forward to helping NGOs and really working with NGOs with what my skill sets and whatever I have. So that's really where the leadership things come from. But apart from all that work stuff, mm-hmm. it's also opened up the opportunity to, to do things like podcasting. Yeah, true. And yep. yeah, right now, the reason we're chatting is because I made the decision earlier to actually interact and be social. Funnily enough, when I started podcasting, I hated my face. So I'm like, I want to do podcasting so it's just my voice. <laughs> and I would do the video chat. So it's I've gotten more confident over time. You know, I, in fact, I was so happy and so lucky that when I did my um my within my episodes I did on campus on my uh, my college, I had a chance to interview not only the college president, uh, you know and a bunch of instructors and a bunch of student leaders, but I also had a chance to interview the mayor of the city where the college is. So I was like, oh my gosh. So things like those, those opportunities, they only come if you prepare yourself. You know, know, there's uh, opportunity is really preparation. Uh, Sorry, luck is really uh, preparation and opportunity coming together. That's really it. That's really it. So you got to make sure you have the preparation. Then you have a tiny bit of luck. Tiny bit, very like one percent, and then yeah. you get it. But you have to have the preparation because the luck wouldn't get you in the door. If you you can walk in the door, it's like great. You have no skill set, and you're not even ready to learn. Get out. <laughs> so you gotta you have to make sure you prepare for it. Okay, so Toby, you've been from Africa to the Middle East to India, all over the world. Your your journey is a very long. Um, but very, very powerful one. So let's take all of that, let's bundle it up, and let's turn it into a loading bar, yeah? Okay. So on a scale okay. from zero to 100, where do you feel like you are right now on your loading bar? On my loading bar, I would say 22.9. And the reason I chose the number is because I'm going to be 23 in March. So I'm like, 22.9 sounds like a good number. Okay. You know. <laughs> So is it is it every year do you go up one percent one percent you know I, I, the reason i have i have the mentality of going forward because time is always moving forward so you can't say oh i have to regress it doesn't happen you mm-hmm. might stagnate for a bit you might falter and fall but you're still going forward you know time is, we we all have the same 24 hours in the day how we spend that day is what makes our day worth it so the one percent to me, could be the best thing ever. The one percent to you could be the slowest time. So when I look at my loading, I'm like, I'm at twenty-two point nine point one, you know, point nine bunch of all, you know, decimal figures. Math is not my strong suit, except the company. <laughs> um, gotcha. But gotcha. Uh, so I'm, yeah, so just twenty-two point nine because twenty-three is like literally around the corner, about a month from now. Awesome. Well, happy early birthday. Thank um, you so much. Thank you so much. <laughs> Um, so now we're moving into our favorite part, like we said, Ooh. the thinking questions. Yes, I so. am so pumped for this. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So number one, question number one, um, let's imagine 100 years down the line, because I think we're going to live to we're like 150, just because so technology we, and everything, right? I, I might have to move that loading bar to 150. <laughs> <laughs> so you've gotten to 100%. Um, but all of your work has disappeared. All of your social media, all of your podcast episodes, everything has just been obliterated. But you get to pick three things that you want to be remembered for. 
What are those three things? I feel like this question is a question that Socrates got asked. This is Socrates. <laughs> he, he was a philosopher before that was like writing. Most of what we know about him came from his students, right? Um, so I think one of the things I'd like to remember by it's of course legacy, but my legacy, I want it to be a positive legacy. So it could be by the stories people tell. My name doesn't need to be mentioned. The guy who invented penicillin, we don't remember his name, but remember what he did. The person who, you know, who who invented the polio uh, vaccine, we don't remember what, who's, we might remember his name, we remember his actions because millions of people are saved. So that's one thing I want to make sure that my legacy goes on for positive stuff. My name doesn't have to carry forward. My podcast, my books, my everything could poof. But if the ideas that I started to spread, the idea of community, the idea of self-awareness, the idea that there is positive leadership leads to actionable, actionable decisions. That is something I want to keep going. And but most of all, I want to make sure the youth are keep being inspired because that's where the change happens. We are the youth right now. We're gonna grow old, and then the new guys are gonna come. You know, and it's our job to make sure that they have enough tools to face it. We can't tell them the answers because we've already done our part. We can't. We can't say the answers. You know, four. You know, it's mm -hmm. like, oh, what's stupid is four. It's like, great. The answer is four, but there are a thousand and one ways you can get four. However you want to do it, that's all you. So we, the, our, our job right now, and my job that I'm putting myself, is make sure that people, kids coming out from high school, in fact, kids in high school, have that, that backing, that background of, we are able to do this, we're able to affect change. And a good example of this is uh, the shooting that happened in, in, uh, in Florida, Parkland. The high school students are actively actively beginning campaigns and rallies and marches to get and to get progress on this issue i'm like that's amazing these are high school students and they want change so i'm like that is so beautiful so that those kind of those sort of you know that that's kind of legacy i want to leave behind that people are able to move behind my books ideas they don't have to survive but you know the the ideas the stories those things i i'd like uh, like I said, my name, my name will probably be forgotten my history, but if my ideas, the stories, the energy and momentum keeps going forward and inspires generations, I'd appreciate that. Oh, I like that. I like that a lot. And I think that's what we're trying to do as well. Just make a, leave our footprint and, you know, create a blueprint, um, for, for others to, to follow that are a little younger than us and kind of want to see the, the, the world succeed. So we gotta, gotta invest in the youth. Uh, so that that leads me to our next question what does it take for you toby what happens what has to happen throughout the day for you to be able to go to bed at night and say you know what i i've done all that i can i can sleep what has to happen but this i'll have to refer to uh one of my my to, to my best friend actually uh when i was in when i was in middle school uh my uh this is in india when i was in middle school grade eight my best friend, so throughout grade seven, we're awesome, but he had cancer. He had cancer, uh, you know, on the head. You know, it's very visible, very visible area. But he still progressed every day. Every day he progressed. And by the end of grade seven or summer, it looked like he had fought it. He'd won the battle. Great had happened, and halfway through, he, he passed away. Wow. The reason I'm sorry. Oh, thank you. Uh, the reason I tell that story is um, he, his attitude towards life is perhaps one of the, the best things that's 
has happened to me because no matter what, he had a smile on his face. He always, he always, you know, because I realized at any moment I'm going to die. I don't want this, my moments on earth to be all me moping, me sad, me winning. And that's the mentality I carry forward. And you know, people have also, you know, um, uh, oh, I'm thinking of the name Steve, Steve Jobs. There we go. Steve Jobs had the same mentality. You know, he's, he's asked himself, if, you know, everyone in here asked himself, if I were to die today, would I be satisfied? And if he found his answers are no consecutively, he'd make a change. And so I asked myself, like, if something would happen, if a meteorite struck Earth right now, like the dinosaurs, would I be satisfied with what I've done? And if I find my answers are no consecutively, then I'd make a change. Right now, uh, I'm still you know, doing college stuff and whatever, but I'm pretty satisfied with how most things have gone. There's some regrets. There are some regrets, and you know, uh, I try my best to correct those regrets, try my best to, fit, to face mm -hmm. those. Mm -hmm. So I, I refer once more to Gary Vee. You know, he's like, if you see regret in a man's eyes after their prime, after they can make changes, it's terrible. So that's one thing I'm, I'm trying to make sure I, I don't go. If I don't want to have regrets. Uh, mm -hmm. So I, I live, I have, I have a dual mentality. So in the micro, small, small scale, I'm like, okay, what can I get done quick, real quick? But in the long run, I'm like, okay, what things, what, what landmarks do I need to do to have that overarching goal? And it's so I have to keep. It's a balance. Some days, some days I, I'm lazy. I'll tell you, I'll tell you, be honest. Some days I just, I don't do anything. I don't, I don't create new content. But other days, you know, I'm like, you know what? Instead of just putting something out, I'm gonna take time craft something nice, really, really dig in and see what I can find. Um, and so, and sometimes I take time and I just relax with friends and family. So it's making sure that there's that balance. And that's one thing I also want to let all your listeners know. Balance is so important. If you drink too much water, you will die. That's water. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you have to be balanced. So please, please be balanced. Don't just say, you know, I'm going to be full on every day like okay great you're gonna do that but humanity we're not built to be 110 percent every time we're mm -hmm. built to do max do do a good amount and we can push that limit and we can push it but it's got to be gradual as, as long as you keep moving forward that's what matters so for me when i go to bed i'm like okay did i move my skill forward a bit because time is moving forward i can't change time mm -hmm. yes did i move it uh, so that's a yes that's that's always a yes now, how much did I move it forward? And that's where the question is. So I'm like, okay, I did this, 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 this. Okay, I moved a lot forward. This is great. I wake up tomorrow morning, and I'm like, you know what? I'm not today. I'm just, I'm just down. I'm, I'm either sick, tired, I'm lazy, whatever. But what important, what matters is at the end of the year, let's say, you know, at, at a big, a bigger scale, at the end of a couple of years, what have I done that has left a good legacy behind? And the legacy I find is not in the books. Or the posts, or the blogs, or the podcasts I release. It's in the stories people pass on because we are we as humans we are storytellers. So it's in the stories of people encouraging other people. I hear I hear back from friends who've graduated and they're like, "Oh my gosh, I remember this and I remember you in this moment." I'm like, "Oh, thank you so much. That that means so much." I love it. I love it. So our last question, Toby, are you ready? Bring it. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> All right. Get your grind on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. So last question is, wait, actually, before I ask the last question, um, okay. tell our listeners uh, where they can find you. Okay. Um, so um, 
Toby, uh, most of my most of my stuff is under Toby Ford. That's a T-O-B-Y for W-R-D. Toby Ford was taken by some dude in the UK. He's a British writer, long story, shooter writer. Anywho, so, uh, so if you want to find me on Facebook, on Twitter, Instagram, not Snapchat. I don't have Snapchat. Uh, it's at Toby Ford. So that's T-O-B-Y for W-R-D. And the website is tobyford.com. Um, my email is tobyford at gmail.com. So those are the ways you can find me. And uh, like we've mentioned throughout the show, we do I have a podcast. I've got a YouTube channel and all that stuff. But if you look search up Toby Ford, website has that all. Uh, if, you, if you're on Apple or Google or whatever, podcast stuff, or if you just want to go straight to the source, look up Toby Ford on SoundCloud, uh, iTunes, uh, Google, or any basically almost any major podcast not on spotify yet but um <laughs> yeah those, those are the places you can find me and please 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 message me uh i always like uh one thing i've been doing this year a lot is getting questions from people and answering them i haven't i've kind of backlogged a bunch of questions that i'm going to blast out later but uh it's it's awesome what people have questions about and it's awesome how much we can learn by just looking up stuff google is the best thing that Google is the best thing that's happened to our generation. That's amazing. So let's it's honestly amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that, that's how you can find me. Awesome, awesome. All right, oh, Toby. Cool. Now, are you ready for the last question? Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, what is a question that you wish that we asked you? A question that I wish you'd ask me. Oh my, this is a really deep question. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> Question that we should ask me. What is something you would change now you're looking back? Well, that is a great question. So that what is, is question. something you would change looking back? <laughs> it depends on the landmark. That's the thing, right? It depends on landmark. So if it's at this moment, I'd say, okay, um, you know, I would probably change my high school a bit. But if we're a couple years down the line, you know, wiser, more gray hair, mm -hmm. I would probably say, you know what, give myself a letter. And the letter would say, you're going to go through the worst, some worst shit's terrible. You're going to have friends and family who die. You're going to have crisis. But at the same time, you're going to lose yourself in some moments. And it, some, some of those will be awesome moments. You could, you know, be great. But you'll also go through some losing moments and terrible moments. But what matters is that you have to keep moving forward. And so that's, so like I said, right now, you know, I'm in the viewpoint of, oh, I need to change things. But the more forward I look to look backwards, the more I realize if I start changing things, the final me would be completely different. And the final me, the vision I have, doesn't need to change anything in the past. You know, they just have to be more aware, more self-aware of who they are. Uh, you know, so that's, uh, and in a way, I think most people have that answer. They're like, oh, you know, I wish I didn't do that that sucky job for generations. I wish I whatever. But when you look at it far enough, you're like, if I didn't do that terrible job, if I wasn't in that dead end job or had that those bad experiences, I wouldn't be the awesome person I am today. Elon Musk is now he's flying rockets everywhere and everything. He did a short stint working in like in a, basically a coal mine, but it was a very shitty job for him. He left his home, flew out to Canada, some some small uh, small town out in Canada to do some jobs from uh, from uh, South Africa, and then you know he flew back. The job wasn't for him, but that experience helped him understand other things. Mm -hmm. So you can never know 
how things look when you're, you know, when you're looking forward. But looking back, you're like, you know what? I need everything to just, everything worked out as it should be. There's a grand, there's a grand person, grand design, grand plan, whatever. And I'm just doing my own part in it. So that's what I tell myself. That's what, that's, that's the answer I give, you know. Looking back right now, I want to change a bunch of things, but looking back, looking forward and looking back, things are working out. Okay. I like that. I like that a lot. So, Toby, I just want to say uh, a big thank you from uh, the Young and Dumb and Get Your Grind Up community uh, for taking the time out of your day to come onto the podcast. We really appreciate it. Um, I'm sure we'll be seeing a lot of you in the future with collabs and everything, and we want to wish you the best of luck on all of your future endeavors. Thank you so much, Gary, Justin. And, you know, shout out to Michelle. She was the one kind of like kind of put things in motion here, right? Yeah. So, so it's just how it, it all works. Now, I had an interview with uh, with the guys from our process, uh, and Matthew, and that's how everything cascaded. So it's just, mm-hmm. it's funky how it all works. So I'm just, I'm glad that I had this opportunity to definitely do the interview. And listeners, be look out, you know, sometime in uh, this March and April, their, their podcast will be out as well. We talked mm-hmm. some awesome shit. Look forward to it. Awesome. Uh, yeah. Um, so welcome to the, the community of collaboration and empowerment. I mean, it's it's great to have you. Listeners out there, if you want to learn a little more about Toby, hit up our website or on social media on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Get Your Grind Up. All his things will be up there. We'll be back next week with another amazing episode of Get Your Grind Up. Oh, actually of Young and Dumb. Always remember we are all young and dumb. And never forget, get your grind up. Get your grind up. Thank you so much, Justin and Gary. Thank Thank you. you, Toby. We'll see you guys next week. Peace. Peace. Thank you, everyone, for tuning into our podcast. Check out our website, getyourgrindup.com, for every dumb profile and even more content. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Get Your Grind Up. And share a name as we spread your journeys. What doesn't kill you makes you dumber. Thank you, guys. Peace.